Our scripture reading for this afternoon comes from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading from verse 5 through verse 15. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This afternoon we'll be reading from God's Word as summarized in Lord's Day 45. Lord's Day 45 of the Heidelberg Catechism. If you'd like to flip there in the back. Lord's Day 45. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Moreover, God will give his grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing Ask him for these gifts and thank him for them. What belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by him? First, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only who has revealed himself in his word for all that he has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery so that we may humble ourselves before God. Third, we must rest on this firm foundation, that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord, as he has promised us in his word. What has God commanded us to ask of him? All the things we need for body and soul, as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord himself taught us. What is the Lord's Prayer? And it goes on to say what uh, we read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 15. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, when it comes to prayer, the vast majority of us 
have a fair understanding about what prayer is and how it works. Many of us have grown up with this great blessing where we had parents teach us about how to pray and the importance of building this relationship with God. Prayer is wonderful. In prayer, we we worship our Lord. We commune with the Creator. But even though many of us have this understanding what prayer is, what would be your response if you were asked, what does prayer look like for you in your own life? Would you feel guilty or disappointed? Maybe would you answer, well, I do pray, but often it feels robotic or mechanical. And if you answered yes to any of those other things, you are not alone. It is a common problem many believers face. When it comes to individual prayer, it can sometimes feel off-putting to pray for one reason or another. But our prayer lives do not have to be awkward or boring or too routine. Instead, our prayer life can become deeply transformative, uplifting and meaningful in our day-to-day lives. It is through an active and living prayer life that we really are rooted and connected to our Savior, Jesus. Therefore, this afternoon, we're going to answer three questions regarding prayer. Why we are to pray, how we are to pray, and what we are to pray. First question, how are we to pray? Have you ever wondered that? Why, sorry, excuse me, why do we pray? We may ask, since God knows everything, and he knows our thoughts, and he knows what we need, when we need it, why do we really need to pray? Well, in Scripture, we are provided with two reasons, two major reasons as why we are to pray. The first reason is this. God commands us. God commands us in his word. Our Lord expects his people to call out to him. We see this reality in Psalm 50, verse 15, for example, which says, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. God wants his people to cry out to him in prayer with heartfelt longing. When you're in trouble, when misery surrounds you, when you feel like you are drowning in your current situation, call out to God, for he alone promises to deliver you. However, we should not only pray to God when we are in trouble. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes about rejoicing. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul instructs Christians to rejoice, to pray unendingly, and to give thanks in all circumstances. To rejoice here is to have this this deep internal joy rather than this emotional kind of joy. See, our emotional joy, of course, can be taken away in an instant. One bad accident, a bad diagnosis, can take away our emotional happiness. 
But if our joy is ultimately found in Christ, we can have this deep internal joy, this internal attitude where we trust in God that he's working everything for good. Nothing is outside his will. When we trust in God, we have peace. Having this faith in God will enable us to give thanks to God in all circumstances because ultimately this is God's will. That is why it is so humbling yet comforting that we can pray, Thy will be done. Because when we pray that, one of the things that we are really confessing is that what happens in our life is ultimately not up to sinful people or to a sinful world or up to our sinful selves, but a gracious God who loves us dearly. The last thing that should be noted under this idea that God commands prayer is that Jesus tells his followers to do it. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. There is a sense in what Jesus is teaching us that we will not obtain blessings or these good things from God unless we ask them of him in prayer. What Jesus desires of the people who follow him is that they lean on God for everything. Yes, of course, the major things in life, the big calamities or serious issues in our times, we go to God in prayer. But we should desire to go to God outside these moments as well. Why not pray when you're just going for a walk, when you're doing your work? God loves you and wants to bless you in spiritual growth. Well, to not always grow unless you go to God in prayer. The second reason why we are to pray is because of this. We really need it. We really need prayer because, and there's a lot of different reasons we could, we could bring out, but we're going to focus on this this afternoon. We really need prayer to be thankful. Prayer is said to be the most important part of our thankfulness. Because in thanking God, we reflect on th three things primarily. First, we need prayer to be thankful for answered prayer. When we bless the Lord, not forgetting all his benefits... We are thanking God for prayers that he has answered in our lives. Which means that it is really hard to be thankful for answered prayer if we never pray. If you want to see your life changed by prayer, where you look to God with awe, with, with majesty, with true inward reverence and thankfulness, we need to pray. Secondly, we need prayer to be thankful for God himself. When we bless the holy name of the Lord, we are thanking God for who he is. And to pray to God, we need to know God. To thank God himself in prayer, we need to know who God is. If we don't really know who God is, then we cannot thank him appropriately. Therefore, if you want to have a meaningful prayer life, you will not have a shallow view of God. Either before or after you pray, you know, read your Bible, study our God, and then pray. 
Make it your mission to praise God like the, the psalmist who says, who blesses our Lord with his soul and all that is in him. Thirdly, we need prayer to be thankful for God's deliverance. When we live and walk the Christian faith, we all have a tendency to wander away from the God who saves us. We sometimes can either fall into this trap where we are sometimes too legalistic or at other times too against the law, too against what God has commanded us in Scripture. When we are too legalistic, trying to follow every law, every rule, what will happen is we'll either become extraordinarily prideful or extraordinarily depressed. We will either become prideful in thinking that we are better than others, or we will become depressed because we feel like we are working so hard to follow Jesus, but we just keep failing. Then there are those of us that that just take the grace of God for granted. There's no care or concern for Christian living, the Christian life. There is a spiritual laziness that is present in our hearts. People like this take repentance as a single event. It's like they got their ticket punched and now everything is fine. Now the cure for both of these abuses of the law of God have the same answer. That is in our prayers of thankfulness. In our prayers, when we reflect on how God has given us grace, how he has worked in our lives, when we reflect back on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and really understand that he has completely saved us from the beginning to the end, then we will not be prideful in our own works because we will know that they do not add anything to our salvation. Instead, we will do good works because we are truly thankful to God. Likewise, we will not be lazy when we approach our faith either. In prayer, when we reflect on Jesus who saves us from our sins, those prayers will change us and make us more willing to daily pick up our crosses and follow after Jesus. Not because it saves us, but because we love him. The second question that we're going to ask tonight is, how are we to pray? This is a really important question. Um, When we realize how important prayer is, we're going to start desiring it more and more. But that leaves us then with that question, how are we to pray? And this question, of course, is answered by Jesus, who teaches his disciples that this this wonderful prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and he says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The first thing that we note from this prayer is who it is addressed to. We are to pray to our Father in heaven. Jesus' instruction is to pray to our Holy Father, our God, directly. We are not to pray to saints or by the prophets or by the kings of Israel, but we are to go directly to God in our prayers. 
when we talk about this word how and how we are to pray, we most often use that word how when we speak about attitudes. We might say to one another, how are you or how was your week or how was your weekend? And we might respond, oh, it was good, it was bad, um, how am I? I? You know what, I've been feeling down lately. So what then should our attitude be when we approach God in our prayer time? In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God answers us. He speaks saying, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Heal their land. Many of us understand how humbling it is to ask, ask someone for help. We are saying to that person, I really need you. I can't do this thing on my own. That is why in prayer, God wants us to come before him in humility. Our deliverance only comes at the, hands of, the hand of God, not men. Therefore, when we stop acknowledging our sin or stop acknowledging our blessings that God has given us or our great salvation that is found in Jesus, that is when we begin to lose our attitude of humility, of thankfulness. We will turn more inward and become prideful in our, our actions. When we look at the prayer Jesus teaches his followers, we pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. Praying these things earnestly, praying this and actually meaning what you are praying, is humbling. It's humbling because we acknowledge in prayer that this world is not about our kingdom, but God's kingdom. It's not about my will, my desires triumphing, but God triumphing. In short, to remain humble is to remain in prayer. One of the last things the Catechism notes in question and answer 116 is that God will certainly hear our prayers. When we approach God in prayer, do we have assurance that he will hear us? In John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, Jesus says this, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We can ask anything in Jesus' name. Jesus is our mediator, our great high priest that came to earth for our benefit. Jesus hears all our prayers as he has promised us in his word and will grant us every good thing we ask in his name. Therefore, along with this attitude of humility, let us not forget that when we pray, we are approaching God in faith. Hebrews 10, verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. We are to draw to God sincerely. We do not make a, a mockery of our own personal prayer time, but we pray to God in faith that he hears our prayers with assurance that comes from Christ's saving work. God hears our prayers in every area of our life. And we turn to God in prayer because through Jesus, we are guaranteed help in, in, in any and every situation. 
We turn to God in prayer because as Christians, we love Jesus. Through Christ's work, we have been delivered from Satan. We have peace with God, whom we can rely on for all things. In that, fellowship is restored. Our relationship is restored. Our lives are restored all through Christ. If that makes you thankful, and it should, our response should be one of thankful prayer. I'll finish this point uh, uh, about humility, about when we need to pray with this quote from Jerry Bridges. He, He writes this, that your worst days, he says this, your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days, your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. That brings us to our our final question of this afternoon. The last thing we will consider is what we should pray for. And this should be easy to answer because really we should pray for everything. For all things body and soul, as the catechism says. Now again, the foundation to understand what we are to pray goes back to Jesus. Jesus is that thread that connects everything together. Our prayer life is taught by Jesus. It's made possible by Jesus. It's molded by Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, for example. And when we look at the petitions that we are to pray for, such as uh, forgive us our debts, give us our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, and, and so on, these things that we petition God for in prayer encapsulates everything we need. In the Lord's Prayer, we bless and reflect on the holiness of God. We thank God for who he is and what he has done, which is delivering us from our sins. And we pray for what he will do when we say that God's will be done. We pray for all things, body and soul, and that even our day-to-day needs, the food we eat, we pray for. In Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. When we request everything needed for body and soul, we are worshiping God. As we request protection from catastrophe, from turmoil, and from hunger, we pray trusting that God will supply us everything we need so that he will be glorified. Sometimes we may wonder, can, can I really bring this before God? Or we may question if God really cares if I make this, this small decision here or there. But when we have an attitude where we look to God, not only when it comes to the, the big things in our life, but also the small things, That's when we will have a life where we experience God in the day-to-day, not just the Sunday. When we make it our mission to pursue God, to pray and to read and to follow Christ, not out of obligation, but out of reverence.
and love, that's when our lives are transformed. As we are being conformed more and more to be like Jesus. To some extent, this old saying has a, has a ring of truth to it. Whatever is not done in prayer is done in pride. The final point we want to make this afternoon is from Matthew chapter 6, and it's before Jesus gives his disciples that, that famous Lord's Prayer. He gives a warning. He warns his listeners. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. One of the warnings Jesus tells us about here is to not pray like hypocrites. So what were they doing that was hypocritical according to Jesus? Well, the Pharisees or other religious authorities and leaders, they prayed to God in public, which was not the problem. The problem with the Pharisees was their motive. It was their heart. The Pharisees prayed to God, but their desire was to be seen by men. They wanted to be seen as these, these godly people. They wanted this prestige and status as holy men. The problem with, with the Pharisees was not their worldview. The Pharisees were not atheists. The problem that Jesus was exposing of these religious people was that they treasured something more than God himself. They treasured something more than God himself. When we hear the word hypocrite, especially in a, in a church context, we tend to immediately jump to the Pharisees. And that is fair. Jesus is referencing and often gets into it with the Pharisees after all. But all of us can become religious hypocrites when we pray to God, yet inwardly, in our heart, we treasure something else as greater than who we claim to worship. What we treasure will shape how we pray. If the only time we go to God in prayer is in times of turmoil and trouble, that can be evidence that our true treasure is something other than God. In other words, when, when the thing we value most in life is threatened, and that's the only time we go to God in prayer, in that instance, we are not coming in humility or thankfulness or in true faith. We are coming to God to get something out of him. And that can happen to all of us. When things are going bad, we, we cry out to God. We spend day after day, night after night in prayer. But what happens? When good things, when, the, when the, the evil in our life disappears, our prayer life seems to disappear as well. When we are in this type of prayer, when, when this is our routine of crying out to God, this may be evidence we are not actually worshiping in faith, but praying like hypocrites. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all 
vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. In Scripture, the heart is that innermost center of the human person. True prayer must come from the heart that loves and desires Jesus, not worldly treasure. In Matthew 5, 8, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When we have Jesus as our ultimate treasure, our faith is impossible to shake. Because despite tribulation or sword, we can rejoice knowing that our treasure is secured in heaven. Through heartfelt prayer, we have this relationship with Jesus. The Jesus who never changes. The Jesus who has victory over life and death. The Jesus who loves you and continually intercedes for you. Prayer at times may not feel natural. It may not feel natural at times to pray. But that's because naturally we are alienated with God. We have sin. But with humility and heartfelt longing, we can pray to God. It might go something like this. Lord of the heavens and earth, my heart is hard, and I do not desire you like I should. I do not revere you as I should. Lord, soften my heart to hear your words. Soften my heart so I may see you as my greatest treasure. In that moment, we're going to God in sincerity, in humility, and we are crying out with true faith, with a hope that he will answer us, and he will answer us, and he will answer you. He'll care for you, and most importantly, he will love you. Amen.